0: Everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of Eat Sleep List. You're home for list making right here on the network at BICBP-radio.com. My name is Matt Johnson, one of your hosts. Uh, Dan is out today. I know he took a bye week last week as well. Work and stuff has been crazy for him. I understand. I sympathize. Dan, take care of your business, buddy. I will hold down the fort as much as I can, but... That does not mean I am alone. Today for our Halloween special, we have a three-time, three-time, three-time guest uh, of honor. hes uh, We've talked about extinct animals. He was actually just on not too long ago for our uh, our comic book covers list. But I'd like to welcome back to the show my good friend, Mr. Tice Snyder. Tice, how are you doing, bud?
1: I'm all right. It's good to be back.
0: Great to have you back. Great to have you back. And, uh, yeah, I am excited. Yep. um, We're doing horror movies. You actually, I'm actually, this is all worked out really good because, you know, like I said, we were planning to have the three of us, Mm -hmm. and you messaged me, and this is why I I, I love you because I feel like you're the only person who (laughs) listens to our episodes sometimes. You're like, what's that Halloween
1: special going to be like, bro? And and I'm just like. Yeah, I I was curious. I (laughs) I, I kind of. Felt like I had to jump on it, so
0: we were probably going to do scary movies. We debated doing it for a little while, um, but I was super stoked that you're like, "I want it, I want it." And me myself, I I can enjoy a good scary movie, but I'm not. There's a whole like cult following of people mm-hmm. who like have watched every single B, C, D like level, just low tier yeah, horror yeah. movie, and they'll be like, "Yeah, my t- the, my number one favorite horror movie is like." Blood Fart Three: The Reckoning, or something like that. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> so, um, so I'm really glad I, I got to.
1: I do some deep digging for this one. Yeah, it's. I mean, there's a lot to go through. I when I was making this list, I was thinking, oh, I can have a list for all the like a ton of different subgenres of horror, and then trying to just do top ten horror movies in general for me. That's just a really it's a really broad, broad category. <laughs> for sure.
0: No, for sure. So, um, so, yeah, so this is a pretty cool one. I know uh, anyway, we got a, a lot of horror fans, horror, well, not just horror, but just scary movies in general, um, fans of that, you know, that nature. It's cool because it's become this giant cult following thing, right? I think there's, like, yeah.
1: isn't there like, a streaming service? Or uh, Yeah, I ha- it's called Shudder. Yes. Um, that's, you can, there are a lot of great... I mean, they have rotating kind of library of movies, but there are some, like, uh, I would call, like, classic horror movies that are always on there. There are some interesting, uh, like, series you can watch on there. Yeah. I know, like, they always, like, they have some of the, it's associated with AMC, so they have, I think, the new Interview with the Vampire series on there. Okay, And they have a series called Cursed Films about, like, different movies that had these like very weird or like troubled productions and it's it's really interesting. <laughs> Whoop.
0: Um yeah, so there's a lot I actually we watched it uh, a couple it been two, oh, two years ago. Me and some friends um um we took a little like a, a an Airbnb trip out to uh Cranberry Lake. It's kinda out by Lake Placid. Mm-hmm. And, and the first night we were in there. Really nice place. It's nice big like cabin thing out in the middle of nowhere and it's just dark and cold around us and we, we picked up shutter and uh we were just watching first time i watched uh evil dead the oh very really fr- the that's very a really,
1: that's a good uh environment to watch it right
0: too perfect and there's yeah there's another one too some of the babysitter something babysitter movie might have been on netflix i can't remember uh, but it's a recent one it, it was really goofy and over the top yeah but it was bloody as hell but a lot of fun
1: but that's like i could have had a a top ten for fun horror movies too. Oh, there for are some, sure. There are some that are like I think are really fun, and that like I I don't know. It's just this was a this was pr- I I've told you before we started. This was a really hard one for me to put together. Yeah. Just because there's so much, and there's a lot of different ones I love. Uh. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So we're gonna hop into it. We each got ten ready to go. I'm really excited to start talking about all of these. Uh but of course, Tice, you are the guest. Kick us off with your number ten.
1: So my number ten is uh Bride of Frankenstein from nineteen thirty five. It's oh, I the love
0: it. I knew you're gonna be the vintage guy.
1: It's yeah, I would say it's the I want I w I'd like to say it's the best uh universal horror movie. Um like if you go back four years to the original Frankenstein it does a, like i might say that's the second best um universal horror movie uh they these both of these movies do a lot of great things uh especially with the imagery uh there're still things in both of these movies but more so in bride of frankenstein it's very striking imagery there's some stuff that's still kind of like chilling i think they knew how to work with the special like especially back in this era of hollywood you had to work with your limitation of black and white film so right um the people who were really good at making movies back then knew how to work with this and like uh the lighting and the makeup all really can make things pop or make things look flat and black and white and in bride of frankenstein there's it's 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 using all these things to its benefit. Um, it's very kind of, you can see it's had an influence on like people, I would say like Tim Burton's kind of artistic style. I can see that. It's derived, it kind of derived from this more so from like the uh, silent German expressionist films from the 1920s, but Brian Frankenstein kind of picks up from that. Um, it's a great, this is in this in the sequel, uh the creature actually starts to talk, um and you get a really even in the first movie, you get a really great performance out of um Boris Karloff. Um I think this just really accentuates his ability to work under uh the Jack Pierce makeup. It's this very heavy Facial peace. yeah. Uh, that's
0: that stuff's no joke. And, and again, you keep referencing the time period, like nineteen thirties. Like Hollywood was not like it, not I mean, as well. We'll call them well endowed. As uh,
1: <laughs> no, uh, like yeah, um, you had to I, really be creative. This was pre war two during uh, Great Depression. The pro- probably the yeah, middle yeah. of the depression. Um, uh, yeah, like you can. S- I think this might have been pre Hayes code too. And that's just like the, uh, censorship kind of board for movies that for, like until the MPA was created, the Hayes code was a thing. Right. So like movies wouldn't be distributed unless they adhered to these rules. And before that, they're like, believe it or not, there were some kind of transgressive things that could be done in these movies. Like, um, I would say even this movie is kind of transgressive, just based on the source material of creating life. Um, in the, I I've, I'm going back to the the first Frankenstein too. I think it's it's almost like a they're they're direct sequels, so they're kind of like it's hard to talk about one without the other. Right. But in the first Frankenstein movie, the the it's alive thing. Uh, when he right after that he says something along the lines of now I know what it feels to be like now I know what it feels like to be God and for the longest time that was censored out just because of you know a mention of being like God right
0: yeah Uh and
1: even like there's a death of a small girl in the first movie so it's They were getting away with a lot, and it's, like I said, both of these movies have very striking visuals that still hold up today. And it's still very, like, a common theme of my list is that a lot of these movies are very uh, atmospheric. Uh, They're not so much, like, jump-scare kind of movies. Right, which is,
0: again, a big difference between yesteryear and and movies now.
1: Yeah, there are still movies that capitalize on creating an atmosphere and a mood uh modern horror wise. But yeah, it's definitely something it's a little it's more rare nowadays than it was back then. I feel like
0: I watched this on like turner classic movies oh, when, pr- once years did. ago. Yeah. Like year, like on Halloween when I was really, yeah. really young. Um it's good stuff. Yeah, it dropped April nineteenth, nineteenth, well, April twentieth, uh throughout the country. Mm-hmm. Budget of three hundred and ninety-seven thousand dollars, they were. I guess I just read they went over a hundred thousand dollars over budget. Uh, I,
1: there are set pieces in here that are very, they're pretty incredible. So I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, Earn two million. I mean, considering that tie to
0: make that much, yeah. in, the, in the Great Depression, I know things are starting to ba- bounce back with FDR, yeah. but it's uh, that's not too shabby for and,
1: that. Like this kind of has a, it's a bit of a, I would say a downer ending for a horror movie but a little more it's i would say it's bittersweet because for some reason spoilers (laughs) for the first movie you think um the creature and dr frankenstein are dead uh second movie it turns out both of them are still fine uh but at the end of the movie the creature kills um himself the newly created bride and dr pretorius the other uh mad scientist and an explosion a laboratory explosion and the uh oh dr frankenstein gets away for some reason i i I don't know why he did i don't think he should have (laughs) but
0: very good yeah i'm glad i'm glad i i always took you for a type of vintage classic horror movies and i think a lot of people you know, it, it, I'm wishy-washy on a lot of today's stuff because I think it's just junk. I think there's a yeah. lot of junk, spooky movies. out. They go to the theaters and the, they show all the jump scares and in the, in the trailer. This is classic. This is where it began. Um, I always like to know, you know, to go back to the originals. That's a big thing for me. Um, so very good, very good. Your number ten, The Bride of Frankenstein. All right, my number ten is the most modern one on this list. Right, it's actually pretty modern. Um, I'm gonna. I, I thought this one was really, really, really well done. The Invisible Man from 2020.
1: Yeah, I would say that's. It's. It was really good. Um, I, it's. I mean, I, I, I would think. I think you could call it a horror movie. I, like, definitely, it's. I don't know. There was, that was another problem I had when making this list is like, does this count as kind of a horror movie? But I would right. definitely say this counts as a horror movie. It's um, listed
0: as a science science fiction horror movie. Um, at least it's its official thing. But in a sense, there are. I mean, there's a lot of jump scares in it. Um, but, uh, yeah, this one was special because it happened during covid yeah, uh, they dropped it. I think at three. Let's see. It was released in February, late February, and I think we were in like lockdown mode by yeah. the middle of March. And I think a couple weeks after that, it dropped on HBO Max. We watched it. I was like, "This is pretty good." Like, I hope they reinvent that. You know, now maybe reinvent the, the 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 vintage Universal Monster movies characters. It's like it's
1: him. It took it in a very interesting direction. Um, playing on like these um pretty heavy themes of uh, domestic abuse and continual like very it's, it's very like heavy. uh gaslighting basically yeah. it's like you you um it's not really a spoiler but you pretend you die and then you harass somebody psychologically psychologically yeah the with, whole science behind the suit with your was invisible cool. suit yeah
0: he had the proof and then i loved the, the the got you back yeah bitch moment at the end i thought that was really really cool yeah um and a great ending i mean it was it was a this just a psychological thriller from top to bottom yeah. the one i mean there was so much stuff but the, the craziest scene was when i think it was her sister she was sitting in the restaurant mm and the and all of a sudden they're talking they're talking and the knife just goes up and you're like wait a second <laughs> cuts her throat and then the the, the main character she's uh, Cecilia um, yeah. she's like losing her mind she's she, you could tell she's her eyes are like she's tired she can't sleep because this her her ex is in the in the suit is
1: yeah like um, just making her miserable I think a good thing with any good horror movie they get down the feeling of uh nobody's safe at any time right like, that's a that's like the some, middle of a fucking restaurant yeah, you like, should, come on. like the the threat should always be there um another thing i would say makes a good horror movie is that um empathy plays a lot into horror um if you don't really care about the characters or can empathize with them uh the horror stops being horror and turns more like into spectacle i would say right
0: no, I that's I mean that's a that's a big thing you gotta have relatable characters that you yeah. feel sorry for. Like, I hundred I percent agree. Yeah,
1: the tension if the, the tension has to be there. I feel like maybe
0: that's why some some the the newer scary movies, horror movies aren't like well like Because I feel like there's a lot of characters who are like, you know, you're annoying. I if you go, you go. You know yeah. what I mean? Like uh, it's hard to, it's hard to get behind and want to see certain characters survive. Yeah. Yeah. So That's just me. But, yeah, um, that is my number 10, The Invisible Man. I thought it was very, very well done and good direction. Let me see. It might have been a big loss. I don't know. It did pretty well. $7 million budget, $144.5 million earned. Who knows what it would have earned if. Uh, you know, COVID hadn't yeah. wrecked it. I and mean, I it's... don't know if they get what the, that happens when they hit the streaming service, too, what kind of residuals they get. I have no idea. I'd love to learn the financials of that because I know it's, uh, there's a lot of people who are, a lot of actors who are very anti-streaming service. But there it is, my number nine. Let's head on to, or that was my number 10, I'm sorry. We're going to head on over to Tice's number nine.
1: So my number nine is The Mist from 2007. Oh, it's a, great movie. Yeah, it's based on a Stephen King novella. I freaking forgot about this it's, one. It's I it's it's an incredible movie. Um basically it, a guy heads into town with his uh his neighbor and his son to grab stuff at a like local uh general store, grocery store. Um and then a guy runs in saying there's something in the mist, and then a mist envelops the entire store and things start coming out of the mist and attacking the store um, it's a great little uh, siege movie I guess you could call it Of you have a, a relatively small group of people in an enclosed space dealing with this threat and it's a whatever can go wrong will go wrong kind of movie um, uh, you, you could say that the cg moments are definitely kind of dated but i don't think it distracts from the horror because it's a uh, you know as much as these characters do about what th- what this threat could possibly be of what these things can possibly do um there's one of the most horrifying moments for me is the um when the there are these like fly type of creatures with stingers <laughs> that come in uh, the The window gets broken from this like flying back creature that they burn and beat to death. Uh, and that causes some guy to light on fire and he's dying of burns, uh, like third degree burns. But these fly type creatures come in and they land on this one girl and you've kind of gotten to know her. She's like a babysitter for the main character's kid. She works at the grocery store and it's all this like stuff. Um she gets stung and it's like this very real asphyxiation by um anaphylactic shock like her her neck starts to like her throat like engorges and stuff and she's like suffocating it's it's horrific and another like horrific thing is there are these spiders they have like teeth in their webs um it gets shot out and grabs one guy by the leg and it starts to pull off and it's like pulling off his like pants and his skin at the same time. It's like a acidic kind of web, but yeah, uh, I think the other real horror of this movie is the grocery store starts to split into different camps of one camp starts following this uh, religious fanatic, uh, Mrs. Carmody, Saying that this is all kind of this is Judgment Day, and we need to do what God says and things like that. Um, and in a way, like from happenstance, all of her uh, quote unquote prophecies come true. Um, but by the end, she's
0: she's pretty much gained a large faction, right? They, yeah, they keep everybody keeps kind of keeps ending up in her yeah group because she's so just.
1: Like, she, for some reason, she keeps being right, kind of just off of happenstance, mm-hmm. and then people want to leave and try and find help. Uh, eventually, some people do leave, and it has one of the, like, biggest gut punches of an ending you can ever have. Yeah, it's, that, it's that, devastating. I think that's
0: what—and I'm pissed I forgot about this one. We watched this my junior year of high school— what a great movie to watch with high school kids. No, I, I, I forgot. There was some kind of media theme with it. I can't remember what it was. It shows you how much I was paying attention to that aspect. But um, but that ending was absolutely heartbreaking. And for those who haven't seen it yet, um, I'm about to spoil the ending for you. He escapes. I didn't realize this, too, that the dude who played Arnizola is in here. I completely forgot he was, yeah, the, he was uh, the shopkeeper. He's the uh, Bag boy. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. assistant manager, uh, Toby Jones. Yep playing Ollie uh Ollie Weeks. They 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 escape the store, they're gonna steal a vehicle and just drive, and they f- seem to finally get a little bit free, and then the, the, the older couple kill themselves. He puts his son down. He puts them all down. He puts them all down. Yeah. And then right before he's about to do it to himself, that's when the mist starts to clear. And I well, was like
1: the, no, there are no more bullets left for him. Like that's they right. have to decide who's gonna euthanize everybody basically and as yeah as soon as he does it it takes a couple seconds but then the lift the mist starts to lift and you see all these people that have been being escorted out rescued by the military yeah and one of them is a lady who left like almost as soon as like stuff started happening she just walked out in the mist to go find her kids and like she's on one of these trucks um uh, like something you'll notice is that um there's a lot of like walking dead cast members in this because um Frank Darabont I think was one of, he's the main director of this TV show and definitely has a lot of the same kind of feeling as uh walking dead of people just kind of getting sick of each other and being pitted against each other in this kind of is extraordinary situation
0: yeah yeah, I forgot the specifics. I mean, I'm rereading it now, but this is like, yeah, this that's tough. Yeah. That's tough. That's even, I think that's even scarier. That ending is even more, like, terrifying than... Yeah,
1: because where do you go from there if right. you're Thomas Jane?
0: Right. I know. Yeah. Dropped on November 21st, 2007, $18 million budget, only $57.3 million. The box office. The Stephen it, King movies didn't always hit, and no, they're really good movies.
1: No, I, yeah. Um, I, I would say some of them are good movies, yeah other th- other times they not so great, I think it depends on who's directing and uh what choices they make into what to leave out and what to expand upon right, like definitely this uh the ending to the movie is not the ending that Stephen King came up with, and he commended and he's like, this is the ending I should have gone with, but he thought it was too depressing, but I think sometimes with horror, it needs to be a little. Depressing. Yeah. uh, I
0: I don't know if I, when it comes to horror movies, I don't know if I necessarily like the happy ending. I think, I think it's better.
1: It's, um, I think horror is better when it lingers with you. Correct. And a happy ending. You think about it. Right. Yeah. If there's a happy ending and things are wrapped up, um, the, the horror just doesn't stick with you as much.
0: Yeah. No, I certainly agree. That is a great choice. I knew I was going to forget one. And again, I've only seen it once. I've only seen it once, but that, it, it was really good. I was really excited that we got to watch it in school for media production clips. Oh, excuse
1: me. It was originally supposed to be shot in. There's a black and white version. And that was what it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be in black and white because it's kind of. It's almost like a pastiche of older kind of B movies and like it's very similar in setup to Night of the Living Dead. Right. Um, so I think if it was just a black and white movie the CGI wouldn't be as dated as it is but I I think it's fine. Yeah.
0: So. I I'm sure I'm sure it holds up. Yeah. I I haven't seen it a long time. Um all right, very great choice for number 9. My number 9, I'm going to go with uh a movie that I've watched a couple times. I more so like it because of the way it was shot. Um the the styling of the film. I hope it's well. If a time to list so be it. I'm going to go Paranormal Activity.
1: It's not on my list. It's not. Okay. But yeah, it's very yeah, uh found footage has been a thing for a while. Um but wasn't Blur
0: I mean I didn't see Blair Witch, but wasn't that kind of found footage? Blair Witch as,
1: was like probably one of the first notable found footage movies, but this is yeah, uh I I don't know like this is a very inventive way to do a found footage movie, and it's a very inventive way to save money. Yeah. Uh that's a good thing about horror movies Dirt. is that yes. they're very cheap to make so they can either just make a lot of money or they if they don't, it's fine, right, uh, even then they might pick up like a small following of people who are just dedicated to it but yeah, uh, there're definitely a lot of chilling like just the it 'cause it i it has the sense of reality because of the uh c c t v footage, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, I like the, the timeline of it. And, and yeah, you got to commend the actors and something like that, too. Yeah, yeah. Right? Because, I mean, I never heard of Micah Sloat or, you know what I mean, or he's literally only done Paranormal Activity movies. Um, I never heard of Katie Featherston. She's done some stuff, but she's mostly yeah. Paranormal Activity. Um, you know what I mean? But the first one was great because I remember my you know everybody's talking about it, right? My mm-hmm. parents, I remember they had... Uh,
1: when did this come out, two thousand eight
0: or nine? Yeah, right. In, yeah, oh, oh nine. It came out at a film festival in oh seven, off of like a fifteen thousand dollar budget. Then they, they they jazzed it up. I think yeah. who I don't know. I just see Paramount and DreamWorks acquired the rights and just jazzed it up. So, um, and but everybody was talking about it, right? Come see this movie, and they they parodied this, right? I think they there was a parody with the one of I the Wayans so. brothers, yeah. Uh, I forgot what that was called.
1: I think it's called like a haunted house. Yes. Yeah, so
0: <laughs> I'm just like but it was I mean, again, the, it was well shot. I watched it. I watched so many movies during COVID. Like fantastic. Yeah. And all the time I had to watch movies. Um and I rewatched it and I was like, wow, this is good. And that ending scene, right? The ending scene where uh she kind of gets him in the hallway. You don't see him or yeah. her kill, you know, her husband, but you know, just the sight of him, right? Kid, just kind of being dragged away, or what was it? Um, oh, hurled! He's thrown at the camera. That's yeah. what it was. And uh, and then with Katie, with blood on her shirt, and uh, oh, it's very, very creepy.
1: Yeah. Um, another a big thing in horror is sometimes the scarier things are the things you don't see because your mind can play in that negative space. Hundred yeah. percent feel that way. And like I was saying, like the – with how it was shot, it looks like something you could watch on YouTube. Like, uh, you know, if you're kind – of, if it's late at night and you're kind of crawling through the dregs of YouTube at like the
0: – I love early YouTube ghost the, videos. The, yeah,
1: the supposed um like ghost videos. Like the, the door opening by itself in the movie, like that seems like something that just be um, – It's a good point. It's it, a good point. Yeah. So like it's very there there's another there's a there's uh there's a movie on my list I think that does this like where it grounds it grounds things in reality to a point of that's kind of where the horror comes from is that it's it, the movie itself is grounded in this in a similar reality to ours that the only difference is that there's this one kind of extraordinary thing that's happening and that kind of amps up the horror, like making you think maybe this could happen to me.
0: Right. Yeah. Oh, it's so cool. Yeah. This is, I, I, yeah, I I love the surreal stuff. I love when you can um, make things feel very real. And I, I think that's, I mean, this, this is great for that. Apparently this is one of the highest, um, as far as oh, it's one of the most profitable. It is the most profitable movie. Yeah, ever based made. on
1: budget v. box office. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. There's some other
0: cool little facts about this. I'd have to, like, to dig deeper in this. They they only got paid like $500 originally. The the two actors, um, Sloat and Featherston, originally paid $500, and they filmed it in seven days.
1: Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty that's crazy.
0: Intense, but I get it. You know, low budget. I I I kind of get it. But this is. Really tremendous um, stuff. Very proud of it. Yeah, love this one. I, I know that everyone once one movie is successful, they're like yeah, we got to do another one. But I feel like you lose the magic after the first one. Uh,
1: yeah, there's definitely uh, you lose the lead, and or you A lead, and you just you explain things too much, or you you exhaust every possible direction things could have gone in there's right. there's you, you kind
0: of suspend belief cuz i think of watching the first one like it, it takes a while i feel like it takes a while to to really realize like what what's going you know, yeah. you know some people still believe this is real you know for a little while then the interviews and stuff came yeah. out and 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 things but you you suspend i know we say suspend disbelief in wrestling but you almost mm-hmm. suspend belief uh, if you do yeah. sequel movies and they kind of just they ran their course but yeah um, that's why a lot of these are you know just make your one and let it be a classic and leave it be but that is uh, that is my number nine paranormal activity we are on to number eight
1: Tice uh, so my number eight is The Shining uh, 1980 mm-hmm. Stanley Kubrick uh, It's I kind of feel bad having it this low but there are other movies I I really really like but The Shining is definitely one of the most unsettling movies, I could say. Yeah. Um, There are a lot of reasons why this movie works so well. Um, A lot of people consider it to be like the greatest horror movie of all time. Uh, It's... It's parodied and and considered that by a lot. It's like there's a mix of... It's the performances and the... Direction choices, uh like following uh little Danny Torrance on his trike through the hallways. It's like coming around corners and stuff. It's 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 not something you think would be tense, but by this point you know that there are strange things happening within the hotel. So every time he comes around a corner, there might be something waiting for him at the end of the hallway, and eventually there are there is. It's the two little girls the the twins, you know, standing at the end of the hallway. Come yeah. come play with us, Danny. It's it's spine tingling kind of stuff, goosebump, goosebumpy kind of horror. It's a like again, I said, atmospheric horror. It's established early on with the music and um it's a it's kind of like it's like with Jack Nicholson. He's a ticking time bomb from the beginning of the movie. Uh yeah. You you know that something bad is going to happen with him, and they set it up with like oh he's a recovering alcoholic he might have you know done some things to Danny, um, and being in this isolated cat or hotel for a winter with him his wife and his son planning to write a novel in that time it's just like it's a setup for. Things are going to get bad really fast. Yeah. I,
0: again, there's so many references to this. I was actually just playing Mortal Kombat uh, recently. Johnny Cage is like my Oh, dude. the here, yeah. The Here's Johnny. We come through the, uh, their body. Yeah, yeah. And then I've seen like cell phone ad uh, ads, like drop service stuff with like the twins in the hallway. And I've just seen so much. And, and you know, obviously not the most profitable. Movie um, no, and nineteen it, million dollar budget, forty seven point three at the box office. Um,
1: it, I think it's one of the one of those critically acclaimed not, those late not, cult following ones. Yeah, um, like another thing, it's a Stephen King adaptation, but it it goes away very heavily from the source material. Uh, apparently, Stephen King does not like this movie because it's not a good app like it's not a good adaptation of the shining but i think it's better than the book do you uh, i i would say so um there are a lot of i think good changes that kind of amp up the horror and the uh strangeness in the movie um uh jack isn't as sympathetic in the movie uh, definitely not he's more sympathetic in the book uh, because it's it's basically a stephen king stand-in for when he was you know stephen king's pretty out open out in the open about his troubles with like alcoholism and things like that right um and his wife uh in the book is more of this like traditional blonde-haired former cheerleader kind of woman in the movie she's played by Shelley duvall who's I, I think she's very pretty but by those standards she's not like a typical kind of blonde cheerleader woman she's this kind of average uh, brunette lady who's trying to keep things together and part of that trying to keep things together and I'm almost on my at the edge uh, feeling is because Kubrick was very like he wasn't great to Shelley Duvall on the set. Like, he, oh really? He was a uh, he basically terrorized her into getting a performance that he wanted. Uh, it's kind of like oh, oh, I heard about yeah, that. It's like, kinda, it's yeah, it's kind of like Alfred Hitchcock. Um, Alfred Hitchcock did the same thing in The Birds with Tippi Hedren. Like, he would have sick the actual birds on her and stuff, and like terrorize her to get a performance out of her. I forgot about yeah. that. Well, what were some of the extent of the things that he did to her on this? Uh, I can't... I think a lot You're of it not was like psych-
0: tell her about certain scenes or something yeah, like
1: I that? Yeah, th- a lot of it was psychological stuff, too. Um, so... But, but you can really feel it when she's... Um, when Jack Torrance is approaching her on the stairway and she has the bat and she's just kind of... She's, she's really done with everything. Yeah. She's trying to hold it together as well as she can and Jack is gone
0: (laughs) right yeah this is uh, some good stuff art art of filmmaking man it's uh interesting interesting thing but that is cool a great choice i'm happy it is on your list i have not seen this movie in some time
1: yeah one of the okay before we go yeah uh one of the the images that has always stuck with me since i saw it is the um it's this really out of place unexplained shot um, unless you've read the book, there's there's an explanation for it. But um, it's when, um, it's near the end of the movie when Shelley Duvall is going through the hotel and it's a snap zoom on a room of a man in a dog suit looking at her and a guy kind of like peeking behind, out of the doorway to look at her too. I don't know. It's It's just so creepy. It was so creepy to me. It's always stuck with me.
0: <laughs> Very good. Very good. That is a solid number eight, my man. Uh, My number eight is—I'm going to go with *The Conjuring* from 2013. Mm -hmm. This was so cool for me because, again, I've been down—like really down—on scary horror films Mm -hmm. because you just you see or you rent them, they're like, "Oh, this is trash." You know what I mean? They never do well at the box office. But I was like, okay, I'm really into ghost, you know, type stuff. Mm-hmm. I had been getting in. This is when I just moved back home from Rochester, maybe a month or so before. I've been really getting into late nights reading up paranormal yeah. stories and stuff on Wikipedia, mm-hmm. uh, which is a lot of fun for me. And I heard and I learned about you know Ed and Lorraine Warren, and I'm like, oh, this is a really cool thing, right? These these they they, they yeah. made a career out of it. And it's a really cool story, um, you know, involving witches. And I think it's is it based on a true story? Is this
1: one? I don't know, but the the Warrens were involved with like um, the Amityville hauntings. Yes. So I almost um, picked one of those yeah. like seven iterations yeah. too. I really like the Ryan Ryan Reynolds one, but
0: um, but th- they're pretty famous in it. I was glad that they made them characters. They were, they had because. Uh, I like the little the reference to the Annabelle doll, even though it looked nothing like yeah, uh, what it actually did. It's just
1: a Raggedy Ann doll.
0: Yeah, and yeah. they 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 really uh, dolled it up, pun intended, uh, to make it even creepier looking. But it was just cool to see some of those like references because they had the whole room in their in their place filled yeah. with cursed artifacts and, and such. And I just. It, I didn't. I didn't feel like there was cheap jump thrills. I thought the whole movie was kind of teetering on the edge of insanity. Mm-hmm. Like just watching it, and it, it it paid off in dividends. This movie is probably one of the best grossing horror movies of all time uh, tw- on a twenty million dollar budget. They earned three three hundred nineteen point five. Wow. Uh, so that's 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 pretty dang good in my estimation. Yeah. Um, you know, a, a pretty decent cast. You know that. Patrick Wilson, Patrick I've, I, or, yeah, I've seen him in, in, in quite a few Wilson. films over the years. He's never been, like, a main lead. Uh, but, you know what I mean? This is I, I thought it was really good. As far as modern, like, scary, spooky horror movies, yeah. I didn't feel like this was cheap. I felt like it was a good, honest, uh, you know, just yeah. film.
1: Yeah. Um, a lot of modern horror movies, they over tend to overuse jump scares or they don't really... Uh, Earn them, for lack of a better term, but I think it's... In The Conjuring, it's a very... It's well set up. It's not, like... It's not an obscene amount of jump scares, and it's not like a, you know, you're supposed to be scared now kind of thing. Yeah. Where there are some movies where they definitely... It's, like, loud noise and maybe something startling, but that's, that's about it.
0: Yeah. It, uh... I mean, they didn't have much competition, but...
1: Yeah, we went to the drive-in to
0: see this, which I like. I loved it, and it's very hard to see dark movies like at the yeah. drive-in. But it was just so cool. I mean, again, middle of summer, you're just sitting out there watching. I'm with the family, and just enjoying my time. And uh, and then we go see this. I don't remember what it played with, but um, I mean, that just adds a whole right effect to it. Watching a, a movie like this outside instead of mm-hmm. you know in a movie theater. But um, but yeah, The Conjuring is my number eight. A uh, a fantastic film that if you have not seen it, I highly recommend it. It is one of the best modern, scary horror movies uh, that you can find out there. So, all right,
1: number seven. Oh, so my number seven is another, uh, I would say, modern horror movie from 2015. It's The Witch, directed by Robert Eggers. Uh, This is another... It shares a lot of its DNA with The Shining in terms of its very slow, tension-based horror movie. Um... Basically a family, a Puritan family in the 17th century in New England gets cast out from their uh, plantation colony uh, for religious differences. Uh, and they establish kind of like a homestead farm on the edge of the wilderness. And it's very, it's it's not ambiguous about if there's a witch actually out there. There's a witch out there and things... Um, the family starts tearing apart and even though it's a horror movie, it's just as much as drama. Um, and a lot of the horror does come from this, um, this family disintegrating, um, not trusting each other and all these horrible things happening. Like, um, it's definitely a, the edge of the woods is the, you know, there are things out in the wilderness and these strange things happen in the wilderness. Um, the the inciting incident of the movie is um the the baby of the family gets uh just kind of stolen out from underneath uh the oldest child uh played by Anya Teller Joy um by a witch and you immediately see what the witch does with this baby and it's very disturbing uh it's it's got a lot of great disturbing imagery and like it sends chills down your spine. I I love the ending of this movie. It's it's another like I have chills down my spine, goosebumps kind of thing. I've never seen this. It, there, I want to say there are no jump scares in this movie. This is all tension and atmosphere. Um, like sometimes the appearance of a witch is a little like startling. Yeah, but it's not intentionally like a jump scare kind of thing. It's like this is really unsettling and it's bothering me uh one of the barriers to this movie, I would say is they all speak in like an ye old English kind of thing, so that might be it
0: doesn't take away does it take away from
1: it do you no think? it really adds to it because it it adds to the this these are people from a different time and they have a different mindset and view of the world um I think all of his all of Robert Egger's movies are very good about this uh he directed. The Lighthouse, which is... It's a movie with... Is that Willem Dafoe, that new Willem Dafoe one? and Robert Pattinson. Yes. They also speak in kind of like an antiquated way, and it adds to the... kind of the world. Um, it puts you in that mindset and that worldview. And he also directed The Northman, which came out very recently. Um, I think... If we're getting a little navel gazy here, he's very good at like showing that people in the past lived in very different worlds than we do now. Yeah, we um, just
0: covered the Salem Witch Trials on uh, on retro pop.
1: Yeah, um, we live in these different. Not trying to be, it's going to sound pretentious. We do. We live in these different like psychic reality, mental realities. Oh yeah. Um, this is more so like prevalent in the north man where it's like no these um when they do these rituals they're actually going through this metamorphosis or they actually believe that these gods are influencing the world but in in the witch is very much a real witch but the reality of he's also good at saying the past really sucked <laughs> because yeah. it, the tension in the witch is you have these the quote unquote civilized world with uh, its religion and all this repression that happens within it. But on the other side, you have kind of this liberty given by um, witchcraft, but and kind of uncivility, close to nature kind of thing. But you're also like damning yourself for eternity because it's it's very traditional you sign the devil's book and you get these powers. Like the the, the notorious line from this movie is, what's that like to live deliciously? Like it's this or you go back to the mundanity and the repression of puritanical life. It's because by the end of the movie, a lot of bad things happen and our main character is in this situation of, well, either I go back to that or I take off all my clothes and go to witchcraft, right, for survival. Um, so, speaking of the Salem witch trials, I have a very interesting connection to that. Do uh, you? Yeah uh, did you did you guys talk about Rebecca Nurse in that? Uh, Names sound
0: familiar. I think we, yeah, I think we mentioned her. Yeah. So my, are you related? Yeah, my sister Get did f- a
1: my my sister did an ant yeah, she did, like, the Ancestry DNA thing and said, you might be related to this Rebecca Nurse, and it's like a ten times great-grandmother kind of thing. So, no way. Yeah, that was a surprise. Like, <sighs> I didn't even know about that, so.
0: That is cool. That's kind of cool. I feel like we touched, I'm going to have to let my buddy Johnny know.
1: Because she was, like, a character in The Crucible. The Crucible, yeah. yeah.
0: Interesting. That is really neat. I love that movie and I haven't seen the movie in a while but I just fascinated with the whole story but I'm yeah. mad at myself for not seeing the witch yet.
1: It's it's great. Like um I think I think it's a good like even if you know the gist of it you can still get a lot of, out of it.
0: Right. Like I think- oh, I love that time period too. Like the whole settling of America and just hearing I mean, I wouldn't love to live in that time period, but I'm int- I'm intrigued by the the that again that whole mindset, the religion, the Puritans, yeah, um, and and, oh, yeah. What, and what they felt, right? They, I mean, they literally came to America for religious freedom, and then they they just and they all just you know what I mean? They just yeah. kind of fell for the same traps that England, you know, where they came from was uh you know was was yeah. dealing with. So very good, very good choice. I'm gonna to, I'm gonna put that one on my list uh, to watch. All right. My number seven. This is probably, uh, might be like the, this is like the second, like, I'll call it, consider it like it, I don't even call it a slasher because it's not. It's, it's one of those just with a, with a, a movie with a face to the, uh, to the franchise. Yeah. I'm going to go with, uh, Jeepers Creepers, the original one okay. from 2001. Yeah. Uh, I think, did I see, I might have seen the second one first. But one day my dad was like, "Oh, I kind of want to see the first one." The the second one was when they were trapped on the uh, the school bus. The bus, yeah, which is kind of neat. But um, went for the watch the first. I remember middle of the summer Halloween time. My dad rented it. We had again the basement lights out. We had we had a, like it wasn't like a home theater, but we kind of had it set up for us to oh we're gonna do family movie night. Let's go to the basement and and, and go watch. And I remember watching it, and I was just it was it was creepy. It was. I mean, it was just uh, some of the stuff you've seen. You know, I think they were in the basement with all the missing, right? They had all the yeah. missing people. They seen the and and just the, the whole concept of stealing like these people's body like body parts to kind of reinvent M- himself. Basically,
1: like a, it's it's kind of like a cicada and that comes up to the surface every I don't know how many years it is. Uh, like it's a it's uh, a it's, a, c- it's a, it. a like a cyclical kind of uh reappearance of this monster
0: yeah yeah um i'm a final fantasy guy and in final fantasy 10 there's this creature called sin that comes out every yeah. like 10 years um and terrorizes the whole world and this is kind of what it reminded me of um it, it was cool i mean a right, nice brother sister kind of kind of survival horror uh film just kind of trying to evade this thing uh, the whole touch of the Jeepers Creepers song, like yeah, it's I, sca- yes. like I, I love, I don't know what it is about old timey music being played and just sounding like crap. It yeah. just scares it just scares me. Um, you know, it's vintage and and yeah, it, it was it was really 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 uh, well done in my opinion. After the second, the second said so the second one was good. They tried to do a couple other ones and it just eh, yeah,
1: I yeah, like I said, I think with a lot of horror movies. Franchises really don't need to exist uh, because you do lose a bit of the mystery and the uh, exhaust ideas, kind of things like that.
0: Yeah, I watched one. It was recently, and he was like battling. Like some dude had like a Gatling. It wasn't a Gatling. You know, one of those like old Western style like ones where they. It might have been a Gatling gun.
1: Yeah, if it's a, if it's got the crank, then it's then yeah, it's a Gatling gun. Yeah,
0: something like that. And he was holding, it just blasting this thing. And it didn't kill him. I was like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> this is stupid. It was like in the middle of the day in a wide open field. I mean, this is so shittily made. But, um, yeah, Jeepers Creepers, the first one. It did pretty well. $10 million to make. 59.4 mil to uh, um, in the box office. So not too shabby. I mean, this is a, you got to think about, like, the horror movie, like, competition at this time, right? Like, maybe a Scream movie. This is when Jason started, like, going into space, like Jason X and yeah. all these, like, re- just just unnecessary sequels to the classics um, in some cases. But, yeah, Jeepers Creepers from 2001, that is my number seven.
1: Alright, so my number six is, this could be an either-or, since they're basically the same movie, just One's a remake and one's the original. Um, I'm probably going to go with the remake. It's uh, Nosferatu. Uh, so it's the 1979 version directed by Werner Herzog. So it's called Nosferatu the Vampire. Um, why this one over the 1922 one? Uh, just because it has the advantage of being a sound movie and being having access to modern filming equipment and light, and, light things like that right. uh, it's much it do, it gets more into the atmosphere of the creep the creepiness that I really seek out in horror movies um, it but it really maintains the creepiness of this version of Dracula uh, in the original he's called Count Orlok uh, but in this one he's Dracula because Nosferatu was a unauthorized adaptation of Dracula in 1922 okay so but by the time it's crazy to think about because in 1922 uh the the story of dracula was only 25 or 27 years old um yeah yeah Yeah, that's true right
0: stoker wrote in the late 1800s 1890s, like 95
1: or 97 it's crazy to think about that because it's such a pervasive pop culture mythology of you know dracula uh it, you don't you don't think of it being that young but right. so the the herzog version is a very faithful adaptation but it adds a lot of um the cinematography it's a very beautiful film um it, like it really captures the decay and the like once you get to dracula's castle it's 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 a it's a it's in decay it's a very classic creepy castle like um and the performance by uh Klaus Kinski as Dracula it's very it's he gets it like he gets the uh because if you the best thing about the 1922 Nosferatu is the performance by uh Max Schreck as right. Count Orlock. it's so creepy it's always been creepy to me i like i think if you watch it today there are shots in that movie that will send chills down your spine. Um,
0: You're talking about the original one, right? Yeah. 22, yeah.
1: It, with the with Max, like, he doesn't look, he looks so out of place and not, like, natural. Uh, for me, the first time I saw an image of Nosferatu, it was in um, SpongeBob. SpongeBob. Yeah, and Same. That, that, of him standing in the doorway, with That's light. that's so creepy. <laughs> like, but the 1979 version definitely preserves this, and it really shows that uh, being a vampire is... It's its, it's awful. Right. Um, like, it's, it's... It's very focused on the immortality is not as cracked up as it is cracked up to be. And in both movies, um, what follows Dracula is plague and death and like he's he's this predator who tries to sustain himself on life but yet he wants he wants to die right um sympathetic yeah a little bit but it's interesting to think about when both of these movies were made um when in the 1922 version this was post world war 1 pre world war 2 germany so like the specter of like this, the specter of death, you know, it was very much looming over Germany. Like the, fresh well, in everybody's mind. It's fresh right. in everybody's mind, and the Spanish flu was not, but a couple of years ago. Yeah. <laughs> at that time, so like the imagery of these, a man going on around houses and cro- putting crosses on door uh, doors, people carrying, um, coffins through the streets. Uh, rats running all over the place. It's very like evocative of <laughs> a world, of a place that has seen a lot of death. And then the 1979 version is post-World War II and a lot of the people that either made movies uh, that were... Uh, Herzog kind of talks about there were no uh, mentors left in Germany for film because they were either Nazis or they were killed. Right. So um, he went back to this Film from 1922, you know, to remake it to capture something from the Germany's past. Um, Herzog's a really interesting guy. Uh, if you've ever, he directed and narrated uh, Grizzly Man. I don't think I've ever seen it. He
0: looks familiar to that. Uh,
1: and he direct he directed and narrated this uh, documentary about uh, the Antarctic, and he has this. Segment where he asks a researcher about like if penguins can ex- experience anything close to insanity, and it shows he he's like it he he narrates over this penguin that separates itself from its colony and starts just walking into the interior towards the mountains and it's like it it's we can't, we're not supposed to interrupt it and if we do it'll just go back to what it was doing. It's going to certain death, and it's like, is this insanity in <laughs> penguins? Wow.
0: Okay, so he's one of those weird
1: cats. Yeah, but... it's... But, yeah, off topic. I, I think, yeah, there's a lot of great creepiness in this movie, and it really works for me. It's a very... Again, like I said, it's a very beautiful film. Uh, it features, like, one of the most, I would say, one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen, uh, Isabel can't remember her last name it's a very ajani um yeah see. if you if you google isabel ajani uh nosferatu she's very pale skin brunette kind of ethereal looking yeah um and it, this is another one it doesn't have a happy ending uh even though dracula is defeated the the curse of vampirism Still continues and the plague still continues, <laughs> so it's a kind of like a pyrrhic victory, a bittersweet, vic, uh, bittersweet ending.
0: Yeah, maybe some piece uh, in, in the movie but there's still like there's a freakiness. Yeah. to it. So very good, very good. That's another one. Yeah, again, I, I knew you were gonna bring. I, I was hoping you'd bring up the SpongeBob thing. If you didn't, I was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the image, that image is just is terrifying, and it's yeah. it's it just screams vintage. Yeah. You know, vintage Hollywood from from a very dark period, a weird, strange, new, but new period um, of time. So, all right, very good. My number six, I'm going to go with uh, another pretty recent one. I'm going to go with A Quiet Place from, 20, yeah. uh, from 2018. I did not see the second one yet because I think it had some issues with COVID, but I probably should because... Both were f-
1: filmed around here, right? I know the second, the second one, one was directly
0: filmed in like
1: Akron. Uh,
0: they somewhere. went out to Wilson, okay, and they were all over a kind of yeah, this yeah, area yeah. for it. Um, but the first one was great. It was it was very uh, weird. It was to go through a movie and like the uh, like people in the theater you know. are quiet too. Yes, because it, it's, it's
1: it's I a, love that effect.
0: Yeah. I love it. Like sounds bother you because you are sitting and people are rude as hell. People are really really rude at the movie theaters now. Yeah really rude but every time like somebody munched out a popcorn i'm like you you, you know you, you do yeah. sh-
1: just don't do it it's like it was it's very it was very effective at immersing you in the reality yeah. that these characters yeah. find themselves in it's,
0: and and i don't think this is the first one that krasinski did i'm not sure um but you know for me to see him go from the office i haven't seen you know outside of the office i hadn't seen too much of his work mm-hmm. To see him be funny guy from the office to this, I was like, "All right, this dude has a bright future directing <laughs> directing movies and doing doing stuff." And he's been in some solid action movies um, since then. But this one was 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 great, and it just you know uh, the post apocalyptic. It starts off with it with the with the the youngest son you know missing because yeah. he grabbed oh. the he, the toy right it was the electronic toy, yeah. and uh, it just added this this scary element. And then they have a kid, and it just. It, But it was really cool when they figured out how to. Yeah.
1: How do you give birth when you can't make a sound?
0: Right. Yeah. Right. And then just every little thing. Because you're always looking out like, oh, God, what's going to make a noise? You watch her walk. Emily Blunt. um, This is really cool, too. Because, you know, they're married and just haven't, you know, doing this movie together. Mm -hmm. This is a special moment for them. But she's walking down the stairs barefoot. And there's a nail sticking out. It's like, oh, you're like wincing in pain. Yeah. And I, it, I I thought it was very, very well done. A lot of people were like, yeah, it kind of sucked. I'm like, well, eh, you know, it did whatever. I think
1: it it did what, it got the intended effect. Like what you're, we were both saying is that in the theater, people were pretty like dead quiet because they, the, the tension of the movie kind of seeped out in the movie theater. And that's a great, that's a great thing is yeah. when you can make people feel something like that. Or- it,
0: it, it. Isolated. I mean, I guess in a sense, it isolated senses. Like, yeah, it, you know, it very limited to, um, and isolate. And you're right. You know, the the immersive experience was was cool. And movies don't do that. I don't know why this movie got like pooped on by some people. I thought it did very well for itself. The box office speaks for itself. Seventeen million dollar budget. and You made three hundred forty one. Okay, you're doing you're doing pretty good for itself. I like that. I just. And this is another one. I mean, much like the Conjuring, I think this one this is one of those standout. And, and people might not view it as quite the horror film that you I would know, say it is. like a Halloween. It, it's it, it's literally labeled post apocalyptic horror film because uh, it's, it's scary and you're on edge the whole time. And um, yeah, brilliantly done. And I finally get to see the insides of uh, like a like one of those uh, those grain grain silos Oh yeah, terrifying
1: where you can (laughs) you can drown in corn yeah Yeah. i never never knew yeah
0: um yeah i never i was always scared at the thought and i was like it just
1: i love how disgusting or moist the 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 like when the aliens they kind of uh when the shell lifts up on their skulls to reveal like this you're it's like a Tympanic membrane kind of thing. It's it's super. Uh, it's it's really gross, but it's it's like really something out of Resident Evil. Yeah, yeah.
0: It that's what it felt like, and it was really cool. when she figured it out, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, let's let's put the hearing aid right by the speaker and draw them all in, and just blast them in the yeah. face. Um, kind of an open ended, you know, ending. Again, I haven't seen the second one, so I'm not sure where it leads to. I'm guessing she didn't kill all of them because it's kind of a. Uh, I'm guessing it's an earth wide disaster, but. Um, But yeah, I again brilliantly done, and that is my number six.
1: All right, so my number five is an American Werewolf in London from 1981, directed by John Landis. Uh, This is, I I think, it's the best werewolf movie that's ever been made. Uh, Don't just Twilight like that, bro. (laughs) There are a lot of great things in (laughs) there. How dare you, you team Jacob or team No? Yeah, well, like there's a there's a theme between my five and six, and that shows that being these kinds of monsters is very, it's not great. It's not it's they're they are actually curses, and you don't want them, right? Uh, especially in American Werewolf in London, it does this really great reframing or like retelling of the werewolf myth of how it works. Um, basically, when you become a werewolf in American Werewolf in London. Uh every person you kill haunts you as a ghost, basically telling you to kill themselves so they can move on to the afterlife. Mm. Uh and they basically they show up as they had died, so um so in the beginning of the movie, uh two guys, David and Jack, they're hiking they're backpacking through the moors of Yorkshire and England, northern England. Uh, they stop at this pub called the slaughtered lamb uh, they they're kind of like uncouth and like they it's a local it's, it's a towny bar so they're kind of like out of place already uh, they see a pentagram made in blood on the wall and they're asked questions about it and they force them out of the pub Uh And they forget the rule of sticking on the roads and keeping off the moors because once they get on the moors, they start being stalked by a werewolf. And you don't know that at the moment because it's just them talking about, what the fuck is that? Right. That's like, that's literally what they're saying. Like, it's, I think it's a dog or a wolf. And they start, it's like, it's circling us and you get a really quick fake out. Uh, David trips over and... Jack comes to pull him back up and then from out of the frame the werewolf comes and grabs Jack by the throat and then just starts violently mauling him to death Uh, it's it's super gruesome I love the werewolf design in this movie Uh, but once that happens David starts to go back for Jack and sees him like his throat and his neck is just ripped out Uh, the werewolf attacks him but the people from the pub come to shoot it dead uh that's another thing about this kind of werewolf uh you don't have to kill it with a silver bullet you just can kill it just with, naturally yeah right but it's just like it's a really big wolf um and is the, it
0: how is it portrayed i'm sorry i've never seen this one before is it a, is it early cgi or is it like no this is a this is
1: one of the most famous like werewolf like creature effects in a movie i would say because um looked it up this has, like, the most notorious and famous werewolf transformation um, done by Rick Baker. It won the Academy Award for Makeup Effects in 81. It created the category. It basically created the category. It was the first winner. Of oh. <clears throat> um, you get to see how painful it is to transform. and Like, it's a traumatic experience to transform into werewolf, uh, the design of this thing. It's it's basically it's a it looks like a big wolf but looks like a person it almost looks like a person on all fours and the face of this thing is terrifying. It oh uh, and like a really cool thing about this is the howl isn't really howl. It sounds like it's somebody screaming. It's it's so great. That's um, cool. But with Landis, his his thought was well a werewolf's not going to just bite you it's going to it's going to tear you apart and kill you so if you're more lucky lucky to get to be killed by a werewolf than to survive a werewolf attack because then you you have this curse placed upon you where you could you're a danger to everybody around you and the people that you kill <coughs> sorry oh good the people that you kill come back and are like you need to kill yourself we're suffering it's yeah uh i should get this out of the way the makeup
0: is really good i'm looking at some of the images and the makeup is really good
1: yeah uh jack starts to like over the film jack pops in as a ghost every now and then to talk to david and he progressively deteriorates like he becomes like greener and at one point he just has like his the flesh on his chin is gone um and, um, uh, it has a spectacular, like, ending, uh, but John Landis, I should get this out of the way, he's not a great person. Um, uh, he killed three people. Wait, what? Through, by man, like, through, like, negligence, though, but this was on another film he made almost, ex- like, directly oh. after this. The Twilight Zone movie, uh... He was pretty... He's kind of disregarding the safety of his actors. And uh it was a scene in the Twilight Zone movie where this uh, actor, Vic Morrow, and these two very young children were filming a scene at night with a low-flying helicopter. I just heard about this. Yeah. Um, what a guy. Landed... <laughs> like, he made... Uh, like, I think The Blues Brothers is one of the best musicals and comedies of all time. He made that. Uh, he made Animal House. Um He's a very influential director, but I felt like I had to get that out of the way of, like... But he, he he's responsible for the death of a man and two small children. <laughs> like, this is... Wow. I, I think this is one of the best... This is the best werewolf movie of all time, but... Yeah... I, I just has.
0: T- is this dude still directing movies? Like, what's his deal?
1: Uh, no, uh, his son is Max Landis, and he has his own problems. He's very annoying. Max Landis is the guy Jesse Eisenberg Was it Jesse Eisenberg? This is the guy who Jesse Eisenberg bases Lex Luthor performance off of. So oh, really? If that gives you anything? Yeah. Huh. Stop. Very good.
0: Okay. Yeah, I've never heard of it. The- well, no, I've heard of it. I've ne- again. This is. I'm so bad with movies. I never, I never seen this one, but I've heard it referenced quite a bit. I mean, it's quite a mouthful of a name.
1: Yeah, it's yeah.
0: So how does the comedy play in it? Is it because it says a horror? No, it's a good. Film. It's a good
1: mix of comedy and horror, but it's the horror is very effective. There are definitely funny moments, like when Jack shows up. He's always kind of like chipper and stuff, so it's it, like he's. He has this like giant chunk missing out of his neck and shoulder, but he's he's very kind of upbeat about it. <laughs> so,
0: right, very good, great choice for your number five. Uh, this is my classic. Um, my number five is is my classic film, and it, it's not as classic as some of the ones you listed, but I, for me, it's pretty old. Nineteen fifty eight, The Blob.
1: Steve McQueen,
0: mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I don't remember when. I, remember. I, I seen it on T. I mean, obviously television. I wasn't around to see it in the movies or any mm-hmm. retelling of it. But uh, oh god, it was so cool. I, we might have no. We definitely didn't rent it. Um, should you know? It was so cool. This this blob thing, right? It just grows, and it's almost like acidic. In a way, almost right. You, you touch it, and it, it, it absorbs you, and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And I thought the concept, um, I thought the concept was really cool. You know, just I'm a big like gooey alien like fan, like yeah. Venom. Like, I, like, oh wow, yeah. cool to be Venom took over your butt. But this one, it, it really kills you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, group text. Have you uh, ever
1: seen the I seen the modern one? The one from the eighties? I didn't like it as much. Oh, I love it's, it.
0: It's, I liked it. Don't get me wrong, but I didn't like it as much as the original.
1: I, I love the body horror in that. It's just so gross and it's it There's a lot more blood in it. It's stuff really like affecting yeah. like seeing people dissolved by this thing. Yeah. yeah. They they have the courage to kill a kid in that movie, so props.
0: <laughs> hey bru kudos <laughs> to them. Yeah, I uh I thought this, I mean, I I just, again, for black and white, watching this thing grow, to me, that's in in a blob. Like, to me, I'm a big drive in movie fan. That's a drive in movie, 100%. I'm a big, love the 50s. Like, I love, like, that kind of time period because technology was growing and, and, you know, malls and all this stuff were popping up. And, uh, And to watch this was, like, really, really cool. Um, yeah, I, I it, this this one's great for me. I,
1: was this was the blob filmed? It was either filmed in upstate New York or somewhere in Pennsylvania.
0: Uh, yeah,
1: and they have like a blob festival every year.
0: Oh, did they? Uh, it filmed in Pennsylvania. Okay, it was inspired by a discovery of star jelly.
1: Does it say where? In, it's like in the middle of Pennsylvania, or is it near Pittsburgh?
0: Uh, let me see. Oh, wait, no, wait, know. Hold on.
1: Because, like, they, they have, they show the movie. Valley, it was uh, Valley Forge. Okay. So they show it in the movie theater where they filmed it and everything. And they just have a nice little festival for the blob every year.
0: <laughs> That's actually pretty cool. Yeah. They did, um, let's see, Chester. They also did some stuff in Chester Springs, Downington, and Phoenixville, hmm. um, and for some other little small town stuff. But, yeah, the main, the main lot was around Valley Forge. But, um, yeah, really, really, really well done. Um, to me, that's vintage uh, again. No, it definitely. At, is, at that yeah. time period is just perfect. Like, I would love to be a kid, you know, teenager in the nineteen fifties, with my greased-up hair and taking, taking, uh, you know, taking some friends, going to the drive-in. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? So yeah, Blob mm-hmm. is uh, is is a really good one. I love to I love to see it again. I've seen it once on TV and it stuck with me for a long time. So.
1: All right. Number 4. All right. My number 4 is The Exorcist from 1973. Very good. Uh, William Friedkin directing. Uh this is another one of the movies that's always gets the title of scariest movie of all time. Um I'm not sure about that, but it's it's definitely very affecting. Even if you're not even if you're not a religious person, it's still very creepy and it gets it gets to you. Um uh, the setup of it is just a woman and her daughter move into this house in outside of Washington, Georgetown, outside of Washington D.C. Uh, then strange things start happening with her daughter, and they tr- they like exhaust every single resource. They like go to doctors, psychiatrists, and it, it, it's just like it's very distressing. Like you're you're with her, and like I, we don't know what's happening. We don't. <laughs> you you almost don't want to say this is a possession, and we need an exorcism. But once it gets to that point of the exorcism, it that's when you see all the things like the pea soup and the your mother, the the in, the insults. Uh, I would say. Um, but like it's, it's based off a book by uh, William Peter Bla- Blatty, who based it off of a supposed real exorcism case. But, right. Um, Blatty was a like, he went to school in Georgetown. Uh The university there is a Jesuit university, so it's very... Like, this is probably one of the most, like... Even though it's denounced by Christians, I would say this is definitely, like, the most pro-Catholic movie I've ever seen. <laughs> it's really, like, you really connect with these characters. Like, uh, Father Karras is, like, super... I would say he's you really feel for him because he's also at the time of this exorcism, he's having this crisis of faith because he just left his elderly mother in New York and she passed away. And the demon is using that to its advantage. And at some point at at the climax of the movie, um, it's, it's a very emotional way of him. I'm going to spoil it, but so uh, Max von Saito's character, father, Marin, yeah, Father Marin, he dies of a heart attack. Um and Father Karras is left alone to deal with a demon. Uh he basically starts beating this demon out of this girl and he's like, take me, take me and it jumps into him. She like she's back to normal, but then like the demon starts to go after her and he has the willpower to like stop it. And he throws himself out the window and he falls down the steps. And like, um, it's like everybody, everybody's crying. Uh, he's at the end of the steps, barely clinging on to consciousness. His, his friend, father Dyer is there to give him the last rites. And all he can do to like make the affirmation is like squeeze his hand. Um, it's like, I, it's, like, I, I don't consider myself a religious person anymore, but, like, I think it's a very, Same. it's a neat, Same. it's a neat kind of, like, people would say, well, who wins in the end? Is it is it good or evil? And I would say this is an, an ambiguous good wins in the end because it's the, I don't remember the verse, but I think it's in the book of John, like, something along the lines of the greatest expression of love is laying down your life for your friends and it's like this is like the most the most Christian thing I've ever seen, <laughs> but people still denounce it as like this very. Is it evil because film. of the paranormal stuff? And I would probably? say, well, it's also very vulgar and transgressive. Like you have, that's yeah, true. You have Reagan like master, basically masturbating with a crucifix and telling her mother to like liquor and stuff, and like she's like very vulgar. It's fuck, nobody's done that before. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody else has done that before, no. and like you, you, yeah, you have the disturbing imagery and stuff. I should say, so, yeah, I'm gonna get canceled.
0: Right. I'm gonna get canceled by religion too. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! but no, like this even is a great one
1: even if you're not a religious person, this is still it's still scary and it still like makes you kinda it's another one of those like I mentioned up earlier it grounds itself in reality so much that you kind of think, well, can this happen to me or or is this just you know <laughs> kind of like when people first saw this, they were walking out of a the theater or fainting or like vomiting things like that. Yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah, I, I remember my mom talking about this movie. Cause she, I mean, she kind of she really grew up in the seventies and eighties yeah. and stuff, and she remembers this and like Poltergeist, just uh, just freaking her the hell out. Like, just it, these are two like major traumatic <laughs> movies yeah. that she ended up growing up watching. And dude, this one did really, really good too. You think? I don't know if this is for inflation, but
1: twelve million, twelve million dollar budget. $441.3 million. And the filming behind this one is almost like... It's almost as crazy as like The Shining. Because um, when Reagan is in the bed... And she's like flapping up and down and stuff... Uh, the actress was strapped into like this corset... With like a metal rod down her back... To like pull her up and down. And when it was going... It was, like, breaking her back. So what you see on camera... What you see in the film is her getting her back broken and her, like, actually, like, telling... Yelling them to stop and stuff. And same thing happened with her... The mother... The, the mother... The actress who was the mother... Uh, when she gets slapped by Reagan, she gets yanked back and, like, gets thrown into the wall. And that broke her back, too. It's, like... Yeah. But Crazy, I know.
0: I haven't really didn't, had didn't time to, uh, as you know, time to watch a lot of these. You know, recently and just life is so busy. But yeah. I just I like I wanted to sit and take a month and just watch. Yeah, it
1: like I tried to pick a lot of these movies. I tried to pick like ones that are ninety minutes or less. But I think Exorcist is one of the longer ones on this list.
0: Yeah, no, no doubt. Um, all right, very good. Your number four is down and. My number four, I don't know if it's, it's not the most popular movie on this list, on any of my lists, but uh, it's kind of an underrated one that I happen to watch, uh, again, this is came out the year 2013, February of 2013, I thirteen. I'm watching this with my parents, um, after I moved back home, and uh, this movie is called Dark Skies, have you ever seen it?
1: This sounds familiar, when did it come out?
0: 2013. No. Uh it's an alien movie. Okay. Um so basically the plot is and you can look up there's a really terrifying scene. Um really scary scene in it, but basically what it involves is an uh aliens or a group of aliens just psychologically terrorizing this family and trying to get like one of the kids. Mm-hmm. And it's just little things, little things, little things. And soon the whole family comes off like paranoid, and everyone's like, oh, they're a bunch of weirdos. And and they eventually get one of the kids, all right? And the parents, because of all the odd behavior, because of all the psychological haunting, essentially, that these extraterrestrials are doing, mm-hmm. they come out. They end up being the, the main suspects of it but there's a lot of really good scenes the aliens you don't really ever get a good look at their face mm. I'll show you a scene when we're done um it gives me the chills every time there's a couple scenes but the aliens are like, like skinny have huge heads and they just there's jump scares in it yeah but this is like i think it's a very underrated flick um a really, really underrated movie because just, again, I, I love aliens and, you know, the idea of aliens and, yeah. and the concept, and I think a really well-done alien movies, you know, like this, where it's not, like, violent, right? It's not like the movie Alien or any of the ten movies that have spawned off of that franchise. But this is like, it's a psychological thriller with it. Um, you don't know what's happening. You think one thing and something else happens. Like, out of all this, uh highly, highly, like, all the ones I've listed that, you know, haven't seen, this is probably the one I recommend the absolute most.
1: You'd probably like a movie, it's a very similar movie, Uh, it's called Fire in the Sky. I've seen it. I've seen it when
0: I was younger. That
1: that alien abduction scene is one of the scariest. I almost
0: put it on the list,
1: but the
0: The horror part for me, the scary part for me, was that limited window. Oh, yeah.
1: The rest of the movie is just them kind of trying to figure out what's yeah. happening.
0: But yeah. when he's, like, hiding
1: under the table, and there's, like, the syrup or something
0: dripping. And or, was, like, like,
1: there's a... He floats into one of the, like, storage things, and there's another dead body in there, like... A he, decom- yes, yeah, it's really yes.
0: Decomposes, like, guts are hanging and out. And then,
1: like, they strap him to the table with, like, this cellophane, almost, and, like, start... Cutting put, into him, putting this thing towards this this sharp object towards his eye. Yeah, it's really freaky.
0: Yeah, I I almost put that one on the list, but yeah, I I actually rewatched the scene today. I was like, oh my god, yeah, yeah, because that one's based on a, a true story believe, yeah, or an alleged so. true story. Yeah. Um, really, really great one. Yeah, there was uh, can't beat that. I love a good alien movie, but yeah, I'll show you the clip when I'm done, and maybe you'll you'll know what I'm talking about. But yes, Dark Skies highly recommend. Uh I know our top 3 Tice what you got for us.
1: Uh so speaking of aliens, my number 3 movie is Alien from 1979. Hey, there it is. Uh by uh, directed by Ridley Scott. Uh this is so despite the franchise that followed, this is very much a horror movie. This is a I would call it a haunted house movie in space. Um This is another like atmospheric movie. Uh when you get to the derelict ship and you start following the crew through all these weird like you see the space jockey, you're like, What what is that? And you reach the room with all the eggs in it, and it's like I don't know what's going on. And then you have the facehugger scene and then everything just falls it, it falls apart from there. Like you have the after that they're eating, um, and then John Hurt starts having problems and the chest burster scene happens um
0: how many times I, has that been parodied you know
1: yeah uh, well like and then from there there are a lot of great there are some jump scares but again i think a lot of them are earned like the one where um i think it's dallas is kind of tracking it and you can see like he's online he's like talking with uh Ripley Sigourney Weaver over like a telecom thing and she has the motion detector like the little two dots yeah and it's like there's he's like there's nothing around me and then all of a sudden you see like one of the dots start coming towards him and there's like nothing around him and he turns around and then the alien is right there like it's kind of like a It's a bit of a setup of a jump scare, but it's not like a we're lingering on this one space waiting for something to pop up and go boo at you. It's like, and same thing with the death of like Harry Dean Stanton. You see stuff dripping on him, and he's like, but then they show the alien, and it's got stuff just dripping out of its mouth, and drops down from behind him and like kills him. It's a very good like the other thing that makes this movie good and has that nobody safe feeling is that the alien (laughs) blends in with the ship. Right. Um, I, I'm forgetting to mention like the alien designed by HR Giger is very like everything, everything designed by him like has this weird sexual quality to it. Um, the alien head is kind of phallic and the uh uh the face hugger is intentionally kind of like it, it the inside the inside of the face hugger basically looks like a vagina um it's all this <laughs> yes. very disturbing sexual imagery and even like the the chestburster scene it's like a forced birth scene <laughs> like that's it's all this very it's playing on all these very weird, strange fears. Yeah, it makes you feel a lot of things, that's for sure. Like, I think for me what the the big fear comes from is that this is, like, the unknown. This is, this is first... Con- like, in the movie, this is first contact with right. alien life, and, like, this is what's out there. Um, like, there are definitely horrifying things in nature of a similar, well, nature... Of you have the parasitic wasps that lay their eggs inside caterpillars that hatch and then eat the caterpillar for sustenance, but there's nothing to like that skill, like to a human scale, that we can relate to. No, no. So, like, there's this thing out here that's has almost like an inexplicable life cycle. Like, why does it have eggs that then? Deposit. It hatches a facehugger that then deposits eggs into a host. It's like that's part. I for me, that's part of the the fear factor is that it's it's basically it's unexplicable. It's like for me, I didn't consider putting a lot of the like animal based horror movies on here, like Jaws or Jurassic. Par- like I Jurassic Park. Might Jurassic
0: Park's like fringe horror. Fringe
1: horror, but yeah. like they're. These are natural things that we can explain we've known about forever. Like, these are things we've studied forever. And, like, like you can still derive fear from that. I'm not, not saying you can. Like, there's still tension from being in the same room as, like, King Cobra or something. But <laughs> it's not the same kind of fear that something inexplicable or unknown or... Title drop, alien <laughs> to us uh, can generate. Um...
0: It makes you. It, it makes you think. It's like because I mean, this is coming off of two, and this is the late seventies. We've been to the moon, right? We've yeah. been to space, but you know, it, it, it makes you think, right? Like, uh, are there creatures that you know, are there humanoids like us out there, or yeah. is this what? space is like and it really freaks you the hell out yeah
1: the the tagline is in space nobody can hear you scream kind of thing yeah so uh, yeah there are a lot of great visual moments in this too um this is a very like at near the end it gets very stroby so if you have problems with flashing lights it might not be the best movie to watch (laughs) but um yeah it's another great atmospheric movie that gets it right from the beginning
0: yeah, they have a little bit on that. Well, the ride isn't open anymore, but in Disney World, uh the the Great Movie, great ride, movie ride. Yes, yeah. and they had a little bit a uh, little thing of it. It's it's terrifying. Yeah, with the
1: the Xenomorph popping up at, down yeah, up from, from the, the ceiling, ceiling
0: yeah. and yeah, it was really really cool, but uh yeah,
1: Xenomorphs, man.
0: No boy no. And then, you know, it, it just kept going and going and, and
1: I think Aliens is good, but it's more of an action movie than yeah. a horror movie.
0: We got, you know, the great movies like Alien vs. Predator. Um, I think Alien was in one of the Mortal Kombat games too, right? Was it in yeah, 10? Yeah, because it was... 10 or so, I think it was in 10.
1: It was in 10, I think, because it was like... The eggs had been put in, like, whatever Baraka species is. <laughs> so, like, it comes out with the, the arm blades. Yeah. Like, they they kind of explore that a little more in the f- further movies with, like... Oh, so if it puts eggs in a dog, it's going to look like a dog or something. Yeah, um, then, again, explaining away the mystery kind of takes away from it a little bit, but, yeah. like, in Prometheus, that was a prequel to Alien? About, yeah, like, I, I don't know how I felt about that movie. But I think some of it, the horror goes away from one thing, from the inexplicable, to a more existential horror in Prometheus, because it's, like, it's exploring the, like, where humanity came from. And right. How, like, kind of... By the wayside, in like unintentional, our existence is, and that it, it kind of strikes a different kind of fear. Yeah, like it's a very uh Lovecraftian kind of thing. Uh, it, it evokes a lot from his short story, uh, At the Mountains of Madness. Uh, it's where you have a team of explorers in this desolate or hostile world in Mount, at the Mountains of Madness. It's the Arctic Circle, and they find all of these remnants of an alien civilization, and it's basically that existed well before humanity was here, and humanity's existence is basically a, a fluke on their part. And we find out we're not the masters of the domain that we think we are, and these terrible things, these ageless things beyond space and time, are looking to come back. That's,
0: uh, yeah. Give me the chills. I mean the chills. Great choice, my man. Can't go wrong with Alien. Um, and, yeah, I mean, again, an absolute classic. Helped uh, basically launch Sigourney Weaver's career. Oh, yeah. Which is a cool one, right? I think this is her first lead. Yeah, it is. Because she... She's one of the first, uh, you know, I think
1: f- 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 it's one of the first, like, action female
0: leads, too. I would say so. I think so.
1: Because, like... Apparently she couldn't get a whole lot before that because she's a very tall woman. And yeah, people were intimidated by her, but in this she worked perfectly, and she she I, works in everything she's in. I, I would know. Say.
0: I gotta say, still looking great. She's seventy yeah. three years old. Oh yeah, Mwah, chef's kiss. Yeah. Um, so yes, great choice for your number three. Um, my number three. This is gonna be my last uh, classic. I, well, I haven't had too many like cl- like classic, but like. The face of Slasher. Okay, it's my only Slasher. I think it's mm-hmm. my only Slasher on the list. Uh, I'm going to go with the original Halloween.
1: That's my number two. So. Is it really? Well, yeah, okay, we'll so we can seamlessly names, yeah.
0: transition into it. Um, I watched this on YouTube for free when I was in college. Yeah. They had the first one and second one. Loved both of them. I almost put Halloween 2 on the list as well, but I'm like, I can't bog it down with two Halloween movies. I could, but I just I love movies that come out of nowhere, all right? And yeah. the... the and I love the 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 effort, the creativity that goes in this. You know, one of the things that amazes me is that there is no blood in this no. movie. There's no blood. There's vi there's violence. You know, there's gunshots, there's stabbing, and yeah, all sorts of stuff. There's no blood. And I to to like every single slasher horror movie just ups the blood content. Yeah. They think it helps, but I, this told just such a good story before the yeah. overall Halloween brand just went off the rails.
1: Yeah, uh, this is. I think that th- this is a near. Throwing around the word "perfect movie" is kind of weird, but it's it's a near. I don't disagree. It's a near perfect movie. There's a lot of things it does so well and so right. Like the the from the start, the opening credits with the theme, with the slow zoom on the pumpkin in the void. Yeah, it just sets that mood immediately. Of this is creepy. Things are unsettling. Like um, for the theme. It has like a weird time signature, so it makes you unsettled. Yeah, intentionally. Um, John Carpenter is a, a fantastic composer, and he was composed the music for this because they had such a low budget. He's like, I might as well just do it myself. But he comes from his father taught music at in Bowling Green, Kentucky, at the university. So he's kind of has that background. It's like, man. The other thing, I, one of the other things I love about this movie is, like, the cinematography. Um, there's a moment where Laurie f- goes across the street to see what's going on, and she finds the dead bodies of her friends in the bedroom, like, the headstone of, like, Judith Myers and all that. Yeah. And she walks out in the hallway, and she's, like, trying to take everything in. She's, like, so distraught about this. And then you see, like, the face of Michael Myers slowly appear out of the darkness, um, I thought it was, like, he was supposed to be coming, like, closer and closer out of the darkness, but apparently it's, like, they just put a light on him, and they slowly, like... Illuminated him to get the effect of your eyes are adjusting to the dark and no- noticing he's there. just it's, yeah. it's so the, great. The
0: lighting was really, really well done, especially too when you look at the budget.
1: Oh yeah, three hundred
0: k. It's one of the most.
1: Again, it's one of those one of the most profitable movies of all time. Yeah,
0: it's, it's independent movies. Yeah, it earned seventy million in the box office. Yeah. But, Yeah, I love the scene where she think. I think. She, like, stabbed him or something. It was at the very end. Where he sits up. Where he sits up. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I thought it was good. And then that's when Loomis comes in shoots him out the window. That's one
1: of my favorite endings of all
0: time. What a great cliffhanger.
1: Like, I wish they didn't make another movie after that. Just left it as is? Because that's part of the the scare is that this evil is still out there. And, like, one of the coolest things about the ending is um, when Loomis goes to check and see if... If like he's dead and the body's gone, he has this look of I knew this would happen. Yeah. Like that's another great performance of um Don Pleasant says Dr. Loomis is like Yeah, he, uh, he made a lot of money doing that. He's <laughs> yeah. But like him as this you know he starts calling a pay, like he's he's basically a bad doctor or bad psychiatrist. See, but He's like no this is true evil. He's almost lost it as much as Michael Myers has. Right. But if for some reason Michael Myers like he's not like in the script he's not even called Michael Myers he's called the shape like he's he, he, yes. he's very dehumanized like he's a force instead of a being.
0: And that's kind of what they went with the, the later movies, right? In, in uh, a sense, I don't know. They, 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 they he, he was a way, person, but he was like he, they, they, they explained like this supernatural, like demonic presence I, I inside like, of yeah, him. Yeah,
1: they explained away too much. Um, yeah. they should have kept it as this ambiguous. The evil is out there, and uh, you think you're safe in places like the suburbs or something, but you're not. There, evil is always out there, and it will always find a way to you. And like I said, with the ending you it goes it shows shots from all like the different locations and like the parts of the house and like the front yard and it's like you hear the heavy breathing over the background of all these shots like he could still be out there he could still be anywhere but it doesn't end on like a final jump scare boo of like you think because it shows all these dark locations and he's still breathing in the background it just cuts the black with a the Halloween theme over it. It's just so, it's great. Oh, so good. Yeah, I, like the cinematographer for this, uh, Dean Cundey, he's, he was a cinematographer on a lot of John Carpenter's movies, so okay. he like, but he's also the cinematographer for like Back to the Future, Indiana Jones, Jurassic Park, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which I think is like the most impressive one because of how they integrated the live action in the animation. Oh, for and sure. The shit that was a first do. one for that too, I yeah. think, right? Yeah. Like, if off topic, if you ever watched the scene in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, when Roger bumps a lamp in physical space and the lamp is f- like f- kind of going back Real and wobbly, forth, yeah. they took the time to put differences in the color of his ears to see like the light coming through his ears and stuff. And the sh- like it's so insane that that movie is so good. <laughs>
0: It is it is really well done. Yeah, I was just looking at some of his, his IMDb. He's done a lot, he a did lot of Jack good Jack in Jail
1: for some reason. <laughs>
0: yeah. Was, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, some of the other ones, right? Uh, it's oh, Flubber. Awesome. Um, Looney Tunes Back in Action, classic. Brendan Fraser. But, yeah, you're right. Jurassic Park, like Hook, all the Back to the Future movies. Um Big Trouble in Little China, like he's yeah, you know, a lot live John Carter, Yeah, yeah uh, again, like you said, uh, just really, really like kind of one of those underrated dudes in pop culture, right? Yeah, and like nobody, he, like nobody talks about.
1: Nobody really talks about these auxiliary, um, positions in film. Like they don't realize how much of an impact the cinematographer has on the look of a movie. And how like shots are composed, like they're basically interpreting what the director is thinking. It's like it, like that can make or break a movie
0: for sure, for sure. Um, all right, so that's our number two. That was oh, your that number was my three, three year number two. two. That's right.
1: Yeah, so that was Halloween's my number two. Um, so you can go to your number two. All right, so my number two
0: gotta figure out how I want to put this one cuz I've said things about one of them that it's like a top 10 favorite movie of mine of all time.
1: Yeah, I, I I think I know what it is.
0: But I like as far as like like really scaring me, mm-hmm. I don't know how it ranks up with the other one. But I should probably maybe hold my values. My number 2 then I will go with is the 1999 Sleepy Hollow movie, Tim Burton, uh and our good friend everybody's you know, Johnny, Johnny uh, Depp, Mr. Johnny Depp, uh, great, cool interpretation. It's, it's got Tim Burton and Johnny Depp all over it. I mean, come on, is there a better like, like better director actor combo than than those two? Yeah, I, I it's one of the best. I mean, uh, for me, Sam Raimi and what's his name, Bruce Campbell. Uh, Bruce campbell's so pretty interesting. One but.
1: for me, for for me, one of the best director actor duos is John Carpenter and Kurt Russell.
0: That's, I mean, that's a fair that, that, that's one.
1: That's a, that's a good one for me.
0: That's a fair one too. Um, that might be an interesting list as well. But yeah, I mean, it, just, it seemed like wherever Tim uh, Johnny Depp was, Tim Burton wasn't too far behind, yeah. or vice versa. Um, yeah, they made uh, a, a lot of money together, and it's really cool. This is young Johnny Depp, pretty, pretty young Johnny Depp, and. Uh, I again we talked about the time period right we talked about witches and or witches uh, colonial this, america colonial america this is at the end uh this... just before the turn of the 19th century like late 1700s i think it's like 1798 99 okay um, yeah
1: i couldn't remember i think they were still i think they they have flintlocks in this movie so i yeah i think it's post revolution right yes okay
0: absolutely um you know they reference a lot of stuff It's just you know, again, I really love the colonial time period. And it's cool to kind of see America, a portrayal of America in in those early days when mm-hmm. when it's just like, okay, we're a new country. What do we do from here? Um, love the Sleepy Hollow story. Growing up, I uh, had uh, it was like American Illustrated Classics. Yeah, it had a. It, the book was great. It hit, it was like orange, like a fire, like a like a yeah. fiery orange sky, and had the headless horseman um, kind of up uh, on the horse with the horse standing up on its hind legs, mm-hmm. and the headless horseman there. And there's another story in the back of it, but I was fascinated with Sleepy Hollow just because, um, you know, just because of what it was. And Ichabod Crane was a sweet name. I watched the uh, uh, the classic Disney. cartoon yeah. with Mister Toad, um, it, 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 little two parter there, and it just. Like I seen this movie for the first time, and I was just amazed by it. I mean, it's got, dude, Christopher Walken is a is a Hessian, you know, yeah. head, is the headless horseman. Like, uh, who, who kind of his teeth look fantastic, by the it, way, in that movie.
1: Ray Park is the horseman, right, for the action scenes. As far as
0: the action scenes go, um, Darth Maul. Yes, yeah. uh, I don't see anything of him. I don't know, but you're probably right. Uh, I'm guessing Christopher Walken being. Oh, wait, yeah, hold on.
1: like when when he has a face, he's Christopher Walken, but when he's like the headless horseman, I think it's Ray Park. Right. I'm trying to see. I'm sure he is. I'm sure. But he... there's a there's a great scene in that movie where it's he's like attacking this house, and the mother tells the child to like go in, under the floorboards, and her oh she like, so he decapitates the two yeah, of them, and like her eyes are like. Looking at the kid, through yeah, the yeah, that
0: was pretty grim. This is like this is the one movie I feel like I have to watch every single year. Um, for it, it is a classic. You know, you have the Tree of the Dead, and and, and just so much. It was very intense, and a, and a really good cast too. You look yeah. at some of the, the names. Uh, our, our good uh, the emperor Emperor Palpatine is in here. Is one I of think his like
1: Michael Gambon's in there? And yep. uh,
0: yeah, yeah, Gambon's the a very uncle.
1: Classic. I the uncle from. Uh, the Dursley from Harry Potter. He's in it. Yes, yeah. I can't think of his
0: name. Uh, I'm trying
1: to think.
0: Uh the There's another dude too. He was I like, I feel like he's in Stuart Little.
1: Uh known known uh pedophile Jeffrey he, Jones. That's <laughs> the
0: one. That's the one. Yeah, he's a great guy. Uh
1: <laughs> I I mean he was in Beetlejuice before, so that might be why he's there. But, yeah, yeah. Christ I mean Christina Ricci. Christ- Christina Ricci's in it. You know. Um Oh, what's her name? The his uh his oh, girlfriend, God,
0: Christopher Lee was in it. I didn't know that. Yeah, his girlfriend
1: at the time is Johnny Depp's mother, the model. I can't think of her name. Uh, Lisa Marie. Lisa Marie, yeah.
0: Lisa Marie Smith. Great cast of characters, but this is like, it was such a cool interpretation of it. And it was just, I don't know. I, Tim Burton has a fun style with his movies. and I was like, this it just goes hand in hand. Like, if there's anybody I'd want to direct a and make a full live action uh Sleepy Hollow movie, it would be Tim yeah. Burton, and I think this is a, a a perfect, perfect, uh, you know, interpretation of it. So, uh, I think it's on net. It might be on Netflix. I know that the, in previous years I have watched it via Netflix.
1: It's always on. Um, it's called Freeform now, but it's always on the Thirty One uh, yeah. Nights of the, Halloween. The
0: former ABC family.
1: I always call it the ABC family. I know.
0: I will always. <laughs> or I will like always. The it, Family Channel. The Family that, yeah.
1: Channel.
0: <laughs> so, but yeah, Sleepy Hollow is my number two. Um again this is it's kind of a 1A1B when it comes to scary movies uh with my other one but um but yeah absolutely adore sleepy hollow All right um do you mind if I read off Dan's list
1: really quick he did text no, me as this I list. really wanted to hear it okay. I felt I felt really bad that we couldn't get him I on I know
0: he was sad uh parents pick your children up on time <laughs> Uh all right so his top 10 for this one number 10 was Johnny Gruesome
1: I've never seen her.
0: I heard of it. I haven't seen it. Uh, Number nine, The Strangers.
1: That's a good one.
0: Number eight, Scream. Yeah. Number seven, Midsummer. That's
1: an incredible
0: movie. Number six is It. Number five is- Oh, wait.
1: So which It? He
0: didn't didn't clarify. Okay. um, So I'm not sure uh, which one that is. Uh, Number five is Psycho. Yeah. Number four is Saw. Three is Insidious. Two is The Witch- and one is The Conjuring. Well, actually, I don't know if he he did that listed it in, in order, but it's, yeah. yeah, that's what he had. So, great list, Dan. Sorry we couldn't get you yeah. on to explain it all, but um, there, there's his top ten list. Let us move on to our number one.
1: So, my number one is I have two John Carpenter movies on this list. Uh, my number one is The Thing from 1982. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is an incredible movie that it makes me feel uncomfortable in the best way uh both from the sense of paranoia that's pervasive throughout the film and the uh incredible special effects by Rob Botin who was apparently like only 22 or 23 when he did this movie and these effects still hold up like they're so incredible almost inexplicable like of how how did you do this kind of thing yeah. um but so like the the movie opens with a helicopter chasing a a Siberian Husky through the Antarctic wastes. And it arrives at this research station, an American research station with 12 men stationed there. Um, Things go bad. The helicopter blows up. A guy gets out and starts shooting at the dog. Uh, he's he's been shooting at the dog, but he gets out and he shoots at the dog and he's saying, he's saying something in Norwegian. It's not subtitled in the movie because if it was subtitled, they give away the entire, he's saying like, that's not a dog. That's a thing. Oh, get away from it. Yeah. So, um, but the, they kill this guy. Uh, they take the dog in and this is one of the best dog actors I've ever seen. <laughs> it's so creepy. It looks like it knows what's doing. Um, they bring the dog in and then it's basically the end of potentially the end of humanity uh from there on uh th- so many crazy things happen in this you even though there is like a you like when people become no like so the thing the thing of the thing uh it it's mo is that it's this kind of formless alien being that assimilates other um, organic life. Uh, right. And when it does this, it makes them in like, like it makes like a perfect copy of the person, but once it's like cornered or threatened, it like pops off and becomes defensive and takes on these horrific shapes. And uh, like one of the most distressing scenes in the movie is very, it's very close to the beginning. It's the dog kennel scene where uh Clark, one of the men on this station at this base takes the dog and puts it in the dog kennel with the other dogs. And it just like, it just kind of like stares there, stands there for a little moment and stares off into the distance. And then it like lays down all on all its fours. And it's just like sitting there quiet. And then it starts like shaking and it, it's face rips open and the skull shows and the skull falls off the dog and the other dogs in the kennel are freaking out. Like, I don't know. So, I don't know how they did, made, got a dog to do this. One of the dogs is like bite, like trying to get out of the kennel. And it's like ripping out the. Yeah. So, like, this is like early in the movie. It's like, I. It's super distressing because it's a dog, but. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm,
0: it's, dude, it's, when you grow up and start loving animals, it gets hard. Yeah.
1: Like, the shape it takes is so, like. horrifying and out there. Like at one point before they blast it with a flamethrower, it has like this proboscis, I would say that comes out and it opens up and it's like this mouth and it's it's got teeth, but the mouth is formed out of like dog tongues. Right. Uh, It's so great. Uh, But like I said, this is another atmospheric movie so the score for this movie wasn't done by John Carpenter, but it's got a very John Carpenter feel. It was done by Ennio Morricone, who did the score for like The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, and like a bunch of westerns and stuff. Okay. Um, the baseline for the main theme is well, he just passed away Incredible. A years ago. It's it has one of the best endings of all time. Um, it's another spoilerific ending, but it ends with Kurt Russell and, um, God, Keith David as being the only two survivors of the camp. They've blown up the rest of the camp because they're like, even if nobody's getting out of here alive, we have to kill this thing and we have to go down with it. They just all agree. Like, so there's fires all over the camp. Kurt Russell sits down in the snow with like a a bottle of J&B and Childs. Uh, Keith David comes up to him. He's like, are you the only one left? And Kurt Russell's like, where were you, Childs? And then they both sit down and like, where are we going to do? Are we going to make it? And Kurt Russell's like, maybe we shouldn't. And he's like, well, if, if something happens, he's like, I don't think we're in much of a condition to do anything about it. Why don't we just sit here and wait? wait and see what happens? And they just... Like, you have no idea. Either of them could be the thing. Kurt Russell could be the thing. Keith David could be the thing. Neither of them could be the thing. It's just this super ambiguous, bleak ending. Like, any way you put it, they're doomed. And if one of them is the thing, it can get frozen. Like, they, when they find the thing, it's frozen in ice. Like, the Norwegian camp finds it in, like, a block of ice. Right. And it, like, thaws out and it destroys a Norwegian camp. So they know it can be, like, frozen, go into stasis, and, like, the spring... The rescue team's gonna come in the spring to pick them up. So, like, if this thing... If they find one of these people and it gets thought out, it's the end of everything. Like, it's... It's a part of... what John Carpenter calls, like, his unofficial apocalypse trilogy. Like... Sorry, like I'm I keep going on about no, this. No, you're fine. Like, it's your number
0: one. I definitely want you to explain it. Yeah, all. like I just found another movie I forgot about.
1: Yeah, you're like <laughs> the sense of paranoia is all like since like humans are social animals this thing is the ideal way of dealing with this thing is there isn't real really there is no way of I like dealing with it because if you're close together it can assimilate people. If you're, like, with one other person by yourself, it can assimilate you. But, like, you're trying to stay in quarantine. Like, you don't know. Where if people don't know if they're the thing or not, you only know once you know. Uh, This is a good, like, pandemic movie because it's it kind of fits on that, like, asymptomatic thing of not knowing who has what and if we've been exposed kind of thing. It's a general... You know, just general parent what paranoia can do to people, um, and how like our biggest asset is our cooperative nature, and once that breaks down, that's kind of it.
0: Hmm. Yeah, this is uh, another very, very popular one. I think it's very fitting of a number one.
1: Yeah, this is another well, another reason why it's my number one is again because of Dean Cundy's cinematography. Like, there are so many great choices in terms of lighting, um, and shot composition like there are a lot of great blues and reds and oranges that complement each other and just like highlight things it's it's great
0: yeah no doubt no doubt i gotta i gotta yeah i'm so i'm so lame one of these days i'm gonna do a list of things that i like popular things i've never seen yeah watch.
1: i i recently got to see this at the north park theater it was incredible oh yeah yeah
0: i have to go check out something that they, they play a lot of those older movies right yeah it's, like
1: i the other week I saw a night there, too. So, yeah. so
0: cool. Very good, my man.
1: That is a sweet top ten list.
0: I love it. Um, and my number one is Signs. Yeah, I think- uh, Yeah. I, I was really close. I feel like I'd, maybe I should have put Sleepy Hollow number one because I feel he's more geared towards the scary, but this is no, technically but there's, science there's, fiction horror. There's, so.
1: there's one scene in particular I think we both are thinking about with Signs that kind of... Scared the crap out of everybody when the Brazilian time, video. Yeah, first time you see it, it like it's so like, <laughs> what was what
0: that? Yeah, uh, I love I loved the slow build up. Oh yeah, um, it was little. It was baby steps towards getting to the point where we actually seen the aliens. Yeah, it was little bit ba- baby steps. First, it was you got the crop attention. circle yeah. right, and they in M Night Channel This is I think this is one of M Night's best movies. Yeah, that he's ever done. A lot of the stuff, the twists, I can't stand. Uh, like, The Village, I wanted that movie to be... Like, it was doing so good, and I was like, what? Yeah. It wasn't, te- it wasn't the worst twist that it's ever had, but... Oh, my God. But this one was was great. I didn't feel like there was really any gimmick to it.
1: No, like, I, I don't think there was really a twist other than... They're weak to water,
0: maybe. Right, I which know. was weird. And one of my one of my friends, Brian, who's been on the show very recently, goes, "This is the stupidest plot twist thing ever. Why would you invade a planet that's seventy five percent water?" And
1: and he has a point. I think it might be a little more. <laughs> I hate to get heady, but like, nah,
0: do it. I think it's since... call out Brian. He's talking to you. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> just I just get it.
1: I think it's it's probably more of a symbolic thing since a lot of it is dealing with. Um, Mel Gibson's loss of faith, um, right? It's kind of like a baptismal kind of thing, I would say. Okay, and it's regaining your faith, right? Like the water is purifying, and once it hits, you know, it's it's what's saving us. I would yeah. say.
0: No, I get that. I think it's a that it I wouldn't surprise me because a lot of these really good directors like to hit to to insert hidden messages around um, through all of it, and uh, yeah, signs was 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 absolutely brilliant. Uh, one of my favorite alien movies, uh, you know. Again, it's not action heavy, no. Which is fine. Which is yeah, completely fine. Completely I fine. like psychological terror. Right? I do too. Again, yeah. crop circles, uh, going out in the crops and seeing the leg. Then there was the. Then there was uh, the the UFOs on TV. Mm-hmm. Ray Reddy's house, where he fought, where he slides the knife under and the alien sticks his hand out you know and then the brazilian video and then the ultimate you know payoff where they finally made to face to face i think it's really really well you know well done i know um everybody hates mel gibson now he said some things that obviously i don't agree with and many other people don't agree with but when you look back at this this is a really quality movie especially for a guy like mel gibson who's so action movie like based right that's yeah. it's kind of been, been his his thing right mm-hmm. uh yeah uh, oh God! I don't know, I'm forgetting Mad Max,
1: Mad Max, uh, Lethal Weapon, Lethal Weapon.
0: All these movies where he's he's just very action heavy, and for this one it was a change of pace. But he just fit it so good because he has this fatherly, just braveheart, you know, I mean, yeah, it, this fatherly vibe to him, and it just fits so naturally. Um, great story, and it just it it felt real. Yeah, like
1: I, I that that the Brazilian video is one of the most like chilling things I've seen because I still watch it. it looks it looks so real. It looks like one of these videos you'd see when you're crawling through the internet kind of like yeah. the the things that make you go what the hell was that and the music the yeah.
0: music was my f- uh, I love it actually we just did a you probably heard it recently we did the movie scores one yeah and I I, I said it there um I I said it on that one but the way that the tension built up to the music right they're showing the Brazilian mm-hmm. video and you hear stuff and then it's it's like this this like weird I don't even know what the what instrument it is but when when she's turned or whoever's filming it um turns the camera towards the hallway, they're going to watch it. There's like this uh, yeah. and it builds up and then finally just walks across and doom and the music drops. Yeah. And it's it, it the music alone gives me chills in this movie. Um but the obviously everything else, like looking up and seeing the, you know, the, the on the on the far the alien on the far the, on the top of the house looking at the the daughter. There's a there's a there's a monster in my window. Can I have a yeah. glass of water? Um Great, great, great film. So, so
1: before I saw Signs, I saw Scary Movie three. Oh, oh
0: so it kind of spoiled it in a sense.
1: Well, I know, it, but it also made like they they parody the Brazilian video of <laughs> in so many different like hilarious. <laughs> like I I know these movies are kind of like crass and stuff, but there's some like actually funny stuff in the like the way they parody the video of like a guy in an alien suit walking back and forth with like a horse taking a crap or like yeah. dogs <laughs> like they're they're it's like at a kegger and these dudes are projectile vomiting it's just <laughs> holding a beer in the background and one of my favorite jokes in that entire movie is when they're at the farmhouse and they have the shovels yeah, they, they hear <laughs> yeah they hear something rustling in the in the cornfield and one of the guys Cocks it like a shotgun. Is An- it? I
0: think it was Anthony Anderson or whatever. Yeah,
1: and a shell flies out. I'm like, that's <laughs> that's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Yeah, they parodied like that. all Michael Jackson was in the movie. Yeah, yeah that was the monster in my window. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and they like parodied like Eight Mile in it. It was you so. Know, it was good.
1: like also a ring parody. Yes. Yeah.
0: Oh my God! What I, I I remember watching that movie. That was the first scary movie, uh, scary movie movie that I, I yeah. seen. So
1: I think that was my first scary.
0: I watched it on my friends' uh, friends' porch one summer. That was great stuff. So we made it through. Tice my man, thank you so much yeah, for being a for part of this. Here. I wouldn't I would have been screwed if I didn't have you uh, for this one. So uh, you're always welcome back, on. You're one of our best listeners. Uh, you're always chatting nice. to me about the stuff. And uh it's always cool to have you on. Of course, you know you're always welcome back if you think yeah, of some you. ideas or yes, you hear something and you're like, Matt, what are you doing for this one? Yeah. Like, Let me know. Let me know. All right. Uh just just holler at me and we will get you on again, my man. I know Dan loves having you on as well. So yeah, thank I'm, re- you.
1: I'm really bummed, Dan. Like I understand why I couldn't be here, but still, oh, I know. I feel bad for that. If we we couldn't do it with him,
0: this would have been yeah, it, it would have been, been solid.
1: We we miss you, Dan.
0: We miss you, Dan. We'll uh, we'll see. Oh, I'll be seeing him next week. Hopefully, um, my schedule's gonna get busy, but we're gonna still find a way. To make sure that episodes get produced. Thank you so much for tuning in. And do you? even list. Uh